Welcome to the Witness and Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, where we equip you with biblical principles and practices from believers in persecution to help you cross the street and cross the ocean with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Anthony Ball, and today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have the one and only Ruth Ripkin joining us today. And as Nick would say, she's not just the better half, she's the better two-thirds uh, mm-hmm. of this partnership. And so, Ruth, it's so good to have you in the studio today. Uh, how are you doing this fine day? I'm doing well, and it's a joy to get to be with you. I often am in the other room when you and Nick are talking, and uh, it's <laughs> it's fun to be in the chair today. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised we don't uh, hear you calling out into the other room, hey, Nick, you forgot to say this, or Nick, you forgot... Because yeah, he always right. says uh, he always says that you are the he carries his brain outside of his body and you're the brain and so um, I am the brain, <laughs> but the brain has to stay alert in order to be helpful. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, it's so good to have you today, and we're gonna we've been going through uh, as you know and as our listeners know we've been going through a, a kind of a series almost in these episodes about the 10 lies of, of Satan that the church believes. Not just lies of Satan, but we often believe them and we hold them as true. Now, I'm excited about what you're going to share with us today because you're going to touch on a, a topic uh, that I think is uh, going to hit close to home for a lot of people. And what's interesting is a couple weeks ago, if our listeners will remember, we did a uh, the lie of Satan that there is a there's a gender disparity on the field, and that's because uh, he's just not calling uh, single men to the field. He's calling more single women, and so the younger single men, they just don't need to go. And we saw that that was a lie of Satan. Now, we're going to get to something kind of almost the opposite, but they, they're they so interconnected, and I really can't wait to hear what you have to, to tell our listeners today. Uh, but we see often that there are younger single women, and they have they have two desires. They want to go overseas and they also want to get married. And we've saw this from the last couple of episodes of there is that gender disparity on the field. And that feeds into this lie that we want you to to kind of deconstruct for us and give us a better path forward or a better way forward. What, what do these younger single women need to do? They want to go overseas, but they also want to get married and sometimes it seems like there's a, a conflict or tension mm. with those two desires. Uh, give us some insight into that and, and speak especially to to a, a single women listening today, but also to single men. What is that lie of Satan? How do we combat that? And how do we move forward? I think one of the things we struggle with, Anthony, is these lies are so subtle. They mm. come in and they make us think we're listening to God. We're hearing his voice, and yet we become distracted by um, our own desires. And so Mm -hmm. as we think about this lie, we have to realize that it's a reality. And it's really hard for me to sit here and talk about it because I'm not in that situation. And my my story is one that God, when I struggled with that, God gave me Nick. And I had a I had an opportunity to go to the field married. And so I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of these women 
who really are some of our best workers on the field, but they really mm. have that heart's desire to still be married. I think the right. lie the lie is where these women really struggle. And I learned it from my father. My dad was a pastor. And one of the things he talked to me about was he knew several women in his church who had wanted to go overseas their whole life. They had felt that call, yet they had that desire to be married. And their idea was that if they um, married this man that they loved dearly, Mm. that God would change him and they would get to go overseas. The Mm. problem was now they were 20 years married and their husband had not changed his mind, that there was no decision on his part, no desire on his part to go overseas. And so um, their question always to my dad was, did I do wrong? And my dad so wisely reminded them of the love that they had in their marriage and how they were living out their faith where they were and how Mm. the children that resulted from that that union were a a great way that this woman was loving. But he always said to me, Ruth, if you don't do what God's asked you to do by going to the nations, there will be an unsettledness. There will be Hmm. a a feeling that, um, that you haven't done everything God has asked you to do. And so Anthony, I really admire these women who are single, who do have a heart. Now, there are some who say, God wants me to stay single because when I get to the field, I can learn language faster. I can get in with into homes. I can do a lot more. I mean, there's a great example that I have of a worker who had been on the field for many years. Um, She had served faithfully. She'd raised her family there. But then the team added three single women. And these single women were evangelist with a capital E. They could, <laughs> they could go out and they could share and they lit up the whole area. But this older woman who'd been there many years realized that she didn't have that gift and what she did, she went to these three young women and said, will you, will you mentor me? And she humbled herself to those women. And that's those kinds of single women who go. And it may be that the young men are not stepping up. It's because these women are so dynamic. They figure they don't want to, they don't, they don't think they can stand up against them and be with them. But um, their, their heart desire is to, go um, as a couple. And in some cultures, it's really understood that you're not a totally uh, part of the society because you aren't married. And Mm -hmm. the question that they get almost every time they visit or introduce themselves into that culture, they'll say, "Um, you're not married. Why aren't you married? And and mm-hmm. so that question gets so hard for our single women on the field. Um, and so not only do they get the pressure from America where we we maybe make single women feel they're not totally 
women if they're not married, but it's right, also right. It, it's also in other cultures. And I think the the thing that I love about the single women I know who have d- chosen to take the Great Commission to heart and to go to the nations, they really do have a lot to teach us and a lot mm. to teach these new cultures that they're going to because what they are able to do is to turn that question of why aren't you married to a deep witnessing opportunity of who they love is Jesus. Mm, And, and it's not that a husband can fill that slot. It's that Jesus is their number one uh, authority in their life. And he is the one who gave them the great commission to go. And they're willing to go with the, maybe the promise that, Maybe God will bring them someone. I have so many stories of of women who served on the field for many years. And then in their 50s and 60s, God brings them a man, a husband. And, <laughs> wow. and you know, that that's that's only God. God can do that. And if that's what he wants for you, then that's what he wants. And uh, I think mm. for my single women friends, um, they don't put that as a number one priority in their heart. Once they have committed their life to go, they go. And then they do the tasks that God's put before them. They become dynamic evangelists. They see God at work and uh, they use their gifts and their skills. And I, in these cultures where single women are not, um, first-class citizens, I guess you can say, often Mm. because the single women who go are trained doctors and nurses, they're teachers, they're engineers, they have huge um, abilities that the community needs, then they are accepted in that community and they are able uh, to make a difference. Uh, they're the ones who go in as agriculturalists and they they can get into homes and they can do ministry uh, in the home. They help do baby. They teach mothers how to take care of their babies. And so that skill trumps their singleness and that helps them as they go. But uh, let's go back to the lie. Indeed, um, godly single women do struggle with, do I obey what God has put on my heart? Do I pray for my husband, my future husband to change their mind? And the reality is you can't depend on that. Um, Mm. If Satan is telling you this lie, or if you believe this lie, or if you haven't ever even thought about it, but subconsciously it's there, Uh, Hmm. being obedient to what God's called us to do is the priority. Um, And reading the Great Commission is for each one of us. It's, as Nick likes to say, it's where is God calling you for this season of your life? Hmm. And for many of these women, um, their season of their life is, is 
more fruitful during those years when they are obedient uh, to doing what God's called them to do. Mm. Um, and I think there's another subtlety that comes in here is often if for these women who settled to marry um, and, and they not settle, they, in, they <laughs> die, they dive into their being married <laughs> Depends um, on who they marry, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I think God uses these women maybe to call their children. That it may be their children who step up and do um, what they dream they could do, but they didn't get mm. to do it. But their children take up the mantle and move forward with it. Um, it was... When I was uh, a summer worker in Zambia, and I was struggling with um, what what I was going to do, I realized that being in Zambia with a family, but I was still lonely. I was still um, mm. I didn't have somebody that I could confide in, um, and I struggled with: Do I go back? Do I finish my degree? Do I get on the field? Um, what does God want me to do? Um, and God assured me that if I would walk in obedience, he would be with me. It wasn't that he was going to give me a husband to go with me. It was that he was going to be with me. Mm. And I, I think for many of these single women who do decide not to be married to a man who is not willing to go with them, um, they realize that Jesus is with them every step of the way. And that right. is their confidence in what they are doing. These women who stay in the States and marry and have a family, Jesus is with them as well. And we can't Absolutely. have, we can't have two, um, two standards. It's who am I committed to most? And if God says to do it this way, then that's the way I want to do it. And um, right. um, that doesn't mean that in their heart, these women on the field don't desire for someone to be walking with them. But I think what happens as we go in teams and in our community of believers that are doing the same task, we have to be sensitive to each other and to the needs of each other. Um, we had a, a young lady who had a baby and she was, uh, her family was growing and she was just worn out and she just decided she wasn't going to do anything. And so she stayed in the house and, and these single, the single women on her team came and knocked on her door one day and said, we're going visiting and you're going with us. And we're going to help you take your baby with us. They went and she had a great time and she was able to share her faith in that situation. So it was the singles on the team that brought her out of um, her isolation uh, after a, a birth of a child. Wow. And so that's how we can work as a team. And that's how dynamics work um, to help one another. And when a single gets depressed or not feeling well or whatever, it's the families, those children, those TCKs who come and bring their their 
friend out of that that loneliness and uh, give her a mm. spark. Um, I think often there's a perception that when singles join our team, they're coming to be our babysitters or they're coming to mm, yeah. uh, to help in the in the situations on the team uh, that that we want them to, rather than us looking at their gifting and saying babysitting is not your gift. That's not who you are, but your, your gift is to go out every day to the clinics or your gift is to teach. Um, and, and a lot of times singles come and do the teaching of our TCKs. Um, but it's not just that they do that. It's their gifting and that's where we can uh, help one another. So I've jumped a little bit from the lie, but I want people to see that there is fulfillment in your life. Uh, if you do what God's asked you to do, whether married and with children on this, the U S side or whatever side of the world, or whether you're um, living overseas waiting not not waiting so much that you're not making a difference in lives. Um, there is that uh, that lie, Anthony, that we talked about a few weeks ago that Nick talked about about that God's calling single women more than men. But it's mm -hmm. not it's not that God's calling women more than men. I think it's that women are listening. Women That's exactly are, right. Women are sensitive to. Uh, what the Holy Spirit's saying in their life. Um, women are in situations where it's very natural for them um, to feel that that call to go to the nations. And um, it's women who are taking the effort. Last night, Nick and I were at a, at a, a teaching session. The whole room was overwhelmingly packed with single women who are ready, mm. who are ready to go. And wow. our challenge to them is don't wait for someone, a, a male, a man to come into your life to say, yes, just be mm. on the journey and see what God brings along your path. Um, so it's, it's not too late. It's not too late. I love that. And and Ruth, I was going to ask you, I think you really just answered my question because one of the things I, I wanted to get your insight on is, uh, you know, my wife and I, we've had these conversations with people, with, with our circle, with our community, with people that are around us. But we hear so often, almost kind of the other side of that lie, we hear a lot of single women who feel they are commanded to the nations, they want to be obedient, but they don't want to go to the nation's without a husband. And so they say, I'm going to wait and it's not going to change their, their desire to go to the nations, but God hasn't necessarily provided that in, in this moment or this season, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but can you maybe give us um, some insight into that? Because I think there are a lot of single women who say, and, and so, culture could be a part of that where they want to go, where they want to serve might have, have uh, some say in that, but I feel like there are a lot of single women out there who say, I don't feel comfortable going to the nations without a husband. How, how would you address that? How do our churches, how do our listeners mm. how, give us some insight on how we address that? Because that's not necessarily a bad viewpoint, 
but again, we don't want people to miss out on the blessing of obedience because they want to wait for a spouse. That could be for a single guy too, but uh, give us your perspective on that. I think um, I wish I could introduce several of the ladies who have <laughs> talked to me about this. And it, every one of them said our initial response was we're going to wait. We're going to wait for that husband. Hmm. And, and they said, we waited and we waited and we waited and, <laughs> and they didn't come. And then they said, we realized that it wasn't going to be the waiting by being in the U S it was the waiting as we go that oh, in, that's good. In, in that waiting of our journey that if God had a husband for us, we'd find him on that journey. Now, a lot of these women are in places where there's just not a lot of guys running around where they are. Um, there might be a lot of guys, but not who they need to marry. Um, right. But, you know, their thought is, I, I, I've got to be on mission. I've got to be doing what God's asked me to do. And mm. in that, if, a, if God brings a man into my life, then that's where I'll find him. And I certainly want him to be being on mission rather than someone in the States who says, I'm not ever going overseas or I don't like airplanes or I don't like to go eat different foods. Those are not, <laughs> you know, th those are not the ones you want to wait for. Um, and so right. they, uh, your question is so so important because as women, um, as women who are seeking to be married, um, it's in the journey of going with God that you're going to find the person who will be that one that you want to serve with and, and live your life with. Mm. You know, I love that. And I hadn't really thought about that perspective before, but I think it goes for both single guys and single women that if you're waiting for someone in this season to move on to the next season, you may not be looking in the right place because you want to look at that person who's already going to where you want to be, not necessarily location, but vision and life and direction and life and all that kind of stuff. And that's good. That's really profound because I never actually really thought about it that way, but uh, we may be waiting for somebody who's not coming because we're looking in the wrong direction and we, we're looking in the wrong uh yeah, I guess direction for where that, that future spouse might be going and where that single person might be going as well. Yeah. That, that is really profound. And I think I had another question I wanted to ask you, maybe another thought I wanted to get from you, because it seems to me, you touched on it a little bit, but it seems to me that, uh, in fact, you may have said that, but you said both in America and in other cultures, we can kind of view singles as less than, or mm -hmm. they're not totally complete because they're not married. Uh, I think we do a disservice to singles in the church. And like you said, sometimes we see, oh, they're the babysitters, or they work in children's ministry because they're single. Um, wh what do we do with that? Because it does seem like a systemic cultural thing, not just here, but in a lot of places. Uh, and we can export that to other places as well, is that, oh, you're single, so... You're not as valid. Your giftings are not as valid. Or you as a person, you're not valued as much because you're not married. What do you what do you say to that? Because that is a significant issue, and I think in our churches and in our culture. And that probably does inform some, I would imagine, some single women who say, 
I don't want to go to an environment where I'm viewed as less than because I'm single. So I don't go. What do we, what do we say to those, those people? Well, I think we've got to change our thinking personally and as families by bringing singles into our families, that they're as much a part of Mm. our family as, as my brother is, as my sister is, um, That was something Nick and I did from the very beginning. The singles that were with us in training, we adopted Mm -hmm. them and they adopted us. And to this day, Mm -hmm. we are still in relationship with them. Um, And they're in different parts of the world, but we keep up with them. We know who they are. We know their feelings. We, we are part of their family. Um, And our, our, Dearest friends are those who are single because they take the time to check on us and we need wow. to do the same thing for them. Um, I, I never, I, I had a friend and uh, she would drive to our home and I made her text me every time she got home. And what she said to me was, no one has ever checked on me. Uh, now, this was in the States when she was in the States, and no one has ever checked on me that I got home okay. And, you know, I think we often just assume that if people need something, they'll ask us. <laughs> right. Why, why don't we as families ask them, what can we do? How can we help? I'm coming over. I'm bringing you supper. You're coming over. And, you know, often they feel like, oh, I'm, I'm being a bother. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm interrupting their family time. No, you are part of my family and you're, you're, mm. as, you're as vital to us as we are to each other. Um, and so I think as the church, we must pick up this, this mantle. Um, in this mm. day and time, we've, we've made ourselves, um, especially singles, we've made ourselves very independent because that's who we are in America. We're independent. Right. Um, when you get to other cultures, you can't be independent. You've got to be interwoven with each other. So mm. we've got to start it now. We've got to, um, as singles, we've got to start asking for help. Or, um, and one of the great things about being overseas, you've got to be needy. You've got to ask the culture, how do I do mm. this? I don't, my electricity's off. How do I do this? Um, and so as our, our, especially our women, single women who are going to uh, Muslim environments where it's not appropriate for them, uh, to be out by mm. themselves, We've got to learn to be a support to each other. And what better place to start that than in the church uh, in the West, where singles are mm. well are welcomed in our community groups, in our small groups. And they don't have to feel like they're second-class citizens. Um, they're as vital as uh, anyone else. Mm, I love that. And something you said just made me think of it, but at the end of the day, I think part of the lie is we feel like maybe singles feel like they can't accomplish things if they go when they're single because they'll have to rely on a spouse. But in reality, that's why Jesus has given us the body of Christ to rely on them. And wow, that is really profound. (laughs) 
Well done. Well done. Well we said. Need, we need to have you on more. <laughs> <laughs> No, Ruth, we thank you for your time. It's been phenomenal. And we pray for our listeners that uh, you you do take that to heart because uh, you do have the body of Christ. That's why God has given you the body of Christ to depend on them and to to rely on them to help you. But also, uh, I think, as, as Ruth has already mentioned, especially for single, especially for single women, it's so important for you to know that you are a, an equally valued member of the kingdom of God. You have so much to contribute to the church body. You have so much to contribute to the nations and to teams overseas uh, with or without a spouse. And so we want you to be encouraged today from this episode. Ruth obviously is the expert. That's why we have her on sharing these things. But we want you to be encouraged to know uh, that when God commands you to go overseas, he will be with you. He's mm-hmm. promised that. He will be with you. He will go with you. He will provide and in much of his provision is the body of Christ that surrounds you. And so we pray that you don't believe this lie that uh, you don't have to place a desire for a spouse over your desire to be obedient to the nations. God will provide what you need. Uh, all you are commanded to do is be obedient to what Jesus has called you to do. Ruth, I want to thank you for your time today. That's been uh, so profound, so helpful, so convicting. And uh, I wrote a couple of quotes down because I'm going to uh, share it with my wife or share it with our friends. But uh, one, a, a powerful thing that you said is that we oftentimes just uh, assume that if people need something, they're going to ask for it, especially our single friends. If they need something, they're just going to ask for it. But what if we took the responsibility and the obligation mm-hmm. to check on those in our community in the body of Christ around us? I love that. And uh, I hope that's going to change the outlook for some people today. Ruth, thank you again for joining us. It's been phenomenal. And uh, we pray that this has been so impactful for our listeners today. Call your single friends. (laughs) We will. Absolutely. (laughs) This has been Witness and Persecution with Nick and Ruth Ripken. Thank you for joining us. And we will be with you next time.